Welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed with Bishop Merton L. Clark. The Word of Truth Revealed is the media outreach ministry of Truth Revealed International Ministries and Interdenominational Spirit-Filled Fellowship of Believers located in Palm Bay, Florida. Our mission here at Truth Revealed is to produce disciples and to empower the populace to live out the truth of God's Word within the framework of their environment. This week, we're concluding the series titled, Unearthing Bible Treasures. Bishop Clark utilizes Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 as the foundation scripture for part one of the message, number four, the afterlife. What happens to me when I die? I read to you out of the book of Hebrews, a very fascinating book. Uh, we don't know the author of this wonderful book. We don't know if it was Apollos or Paul the Apostle. We do know that the man was uh, strategic and very knowledgeable of the ancient Hebrews and their traditions. I think on Sunday I shared with the church that in the New Testament we have priests of the New Testament, but in the Old Testament we have Old Testament priests, and there's a correlation between Old and New Testament priests and that is old priests and new priests are always acquainted with suffering and sacrifice. And that there is no New Testament priesthood that's absent of some type of sacrifice. And when we worship, we should bring the sacrifice of praise from the fruit of our lips. And we should present our bodies according to Romans 12 and verse 1 as a living uh, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is the way worship starts. It doesn't start with our song or our music. It starts with presenting this body, all of it, to God on the altar as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our spiritual worship. Uh, we also sacrifice our substance. Uh, we bring it unto the Lord. Um, the Bible says when we give, there should be a pinch. It shouldn't be something that we just do. It's not just a transaction. There should be a sacrifice when we move. And he has described it as the 10% is sacrificial. So we need to move toward God's plan. Though we're not bound by law, we need to think about the 10%. Get close to it. You'll begin to feel the sacrifice. Thank you, Lord. And so we also sacrifice, according to Hebrews, again, we sacrifice good works. We do good unto all men. This sacrifice is pleasing unto the Lord. And sometimes we get very tired of doing good. But God says it is a sacrifice that pleases the Lord. Every time you have an opportunity to do something good for someone else, you should be involved. People that say I'm done with people and push back from people, you need to know that it's not the spirit of God that's telling you to do that. You're in your carnality, you're in your flesh. And okay, we get into it from time to time, but don't stay there. When I look at the book of Hebrews, I'm fascinated with it. Uh, I love it. I love to read it. It gives us a good New Testament understanding of Old Testament pictures. 
and even the principles that the Old Testament may not have explained when we read its stories, we can see it in the New Testament. The scripture is clear. I'll read to you again out of the New Living Translation because God's children are human beings. Because God's children are human beings. Physical bone, man of flesh and blood. Bone, sinew, lungs, heart, systems, nervous system, digestive system. Very easy to puncture and easy to kill. The Bible says God's children are human beings. And if you love God, you should love his children. Made of flesh and blood, the scripture says, the son also became flesh and blood, which means he had to become human, for only as a human could he die and take care of the dead issue or the death issue. So you know now why Jesus came. He didn't just come to set us free, but he came as a human being so that he could die because only by dying could he break the power of the devil. Only by dying could he break the power of the devil. And he had the power of death in his hands. And Jesus stripped it. He took the keys from him. Oh, death, where's your string? Your, 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 oh, your sting, grave, where is your victory? Jesus triumphed, triumphant, was triumphant over the devil, over the death angel, over all kinds of decay because he defied all of that by dying and coming out of the grave. And only in this way could he set free all of those who live their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. And if we're honest with ourselves, all of us have that little tantalizing fear about where we're going and when it's at our time. And we think about the loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord and we cry over it. But you need to know that Jesus has championed your cause. And because he went in the grave, that fear that plagues us about dying doesn't have to sting us like it used to. Again, I want you to look at this. The Bible is clear about death. The biblical, uh, the Bible speaks of death. The biblical definition is basically uh, to pass through or to pass through a door. Uh, that's really what it is, to pass through a door. Uh, we don't stop existing, we just step through a door. The Bible speaks of death in three ways, physical death, spiritual death, and eternal death. Many times we talk about the first death and then the second death, but there are actually three. And that is physical death. We go back to the dust, from the dust you came and from the dust you will return. Secondly, what we call spiritual death, and that is to not be acquainted with Jesus. Uh, Paul said it like this in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. For you has he quickened who was dead in your trespasses. Your spirit was dead in your trespasses and your sins. But he quickened you. That word in the, in the Greek means he made you alive. He brought you to life. In other words, when you without Christ, you're dead in your spirit. Your soul is really alive. And it runs renegade. That's why telling you all kinds of things to do. And that's why even after you get saved, you have to get your soul saved. It is saved when you come to the Lord, but it's being saved and it will be saved. And it's our job to make sure we're renewing our minds so our souls can be constantly upgraded as we approach the soon coming king. Physical death is to go back to the earth. Spiritual death is not to know Jesus. And eternal death is to enter into hell. Anybody in here want to go to hell? 
almost ask you to ask your neighbor, what in hell do you want then? What in hell do you want? But I won't do that. <laughs> First physical death of a human being in the scriptures, a man by the name of Abel, Abel, who died innocently, was murdered by his brother Cain, Genesis 4 and 8. He experienced both physical and spiritual death in a sense. So what happens to us uh, when we die? There are uh, two questions that plague every believer. Two questions that plague every believer. In our subconscious mind, we think about these things. What happens when we die? And the second question is, how can I be ready when my time to die comes? How can I be ready when my time to die comes? And before we start thinking about everybody else, let's think about your own existence for a moment. Where are you? Uh, as a pastor, I've seen uh, several people going to be with the Lord. And at that moment, no one can really comfort you when you transition. You can have family around, but it's really between you and God when there's a dead stare in the, in the air. It looks like the person is looking beyond the physical. They can't see you anymore. Their eyes are fixed. They're looking beyond. At that moment, only you and Jesus can commune. And as you walk through the door, you want to make sure he's in your sights. Because absent in the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Present with the Lord. I'm hoping that through this message... It's not a funeral message. I'm not pronouncing anything on anyone. But these are treasures in the scriptures that all of us need to know when you start dealing with issues and people. Instead of freaking out, we need to be able to go to the word of God. Hopefully this message would educate you so you can say what needs to be said. And you'll know how to function and flow versus acting like the world and grieving like the world when there are issues going on in your life. We have hope in Christ. Can the church say amen? So what happens when we depart this life? What happens? Before I get into that, I want to share some thoughts with you um, out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 19 through 22. I'm about to read to you a secular mindset as it relates to death from our own King Solomon. He is going to describe to us what men think about death. Look at verse 19, man's fate is like that of the animals. The same fate awaits them both. As one dies, so does the other. All have the same breath. Man has no advantage over the animals. And as it relates to death, he's right. We come into this world, we're going to exit this world. Verse 20b. Everything, verse 19b, everything is meanless. Verse 20, all go to the same place or to the dust. All come from the dust and we return to the dust. And to the dust, to the dust all return. Verse 21, who knows the spirit of man rises upward 
or if the spirit of an animal goes down into the earth. Now some of us, if you only read King Solomon, you would say while he's declaring that no one knows where the spirit goes. That's just not true because we have the New Testament and we know what Paul said about it. That's why it's good to stop trying to read scriptures. There are people who would take one verse of the Bible and try to develop a doctrine out of it. But the Old Testament is the picture. The New Testament is the principle. And Paul addresses these things about death. Look at here. Solomon is only tantalizing you with a human point of view. Look what he says again in verse 21. Who knows the spirit of man rises upward or if the spirit of an animal goes down to the earth. Verse 22, so I saw that there is nothing better for a man than to enjoy, enjoy his work because that he is not, that he is, that is his lot. Let me say it again, because that is his lot for who can bring him to see what will happen after him. And in your natural self, you don't know how things are going to work. And that's why we need Jesus who can tell us how it's going to work. Amen. Solomon never met Jesus. He had wisdom, but he never met Christ. His, David, his, his father David was close, closer to Christ. The Bible even says that Jesus is the son of David. Solomon got a little wisdom and said, I don't need to pray anymore. Like some of us, after we get an education, we don't need to talk to God anymore. Well, after we learn a little psychology, we don't need to talk to God. But you need Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall as lightning. Solomon couldn't say that. Paul said, absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Isaiah said, after Solomon, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and i saw angels worshiping in heaven angels worshiping in heaven angels worshiping in heaven he gave a little glimpse he got a little glimpse of what happens in the afterlife glory to god we worship him here and we're going to worship him then can the church say amen? amen and so we're not absent of the word of god we're not absent to be absent in the body is to be present with the lord Paul also talked about if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have a building, hallelujah, not made with hands. Thank you, Jesus. So we're not fearful anymore because of the cross and the empty tomb. So as I deal with this and as I get deeper into this, I hope it will educate us and help us in how we deal with those loved ones or issues and situations on our jobs, in our neighborhoods, along the parkway, uh, in Walmart, or in any kind of convenience store, or any kind of department store, when you run across people who are grieving, you'll be able to say something to them that's going to help them to get over because these are treasures that we all need to unearth. So we'll have some tools in our toolbox and we'll have some information in our hearts and minds to help guide this community as it goes through issues. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, an informative look behind the scenes at the various ministries of Truth Revealed. 
On this segment of Behind the Scenes, I'm going to take you into a conversation I recently had with Minister Barbette Williams, director of CED, who we affectionately call Miss Barbette. Miss Barbette, welcome to Behind the Scenes. Thank you, Frank. It's my pleasure. What is CED and what does it stand for? CED is actually the Christian Education Department here at Truth Revealed Ministries. We do affectionately term it as CED. And it is our ministry where we house children ages 2 to 12 years old. Um, what we call that is uh-huh. the first phase of their Christian education. Okay. Actually, it also houses our nursery, um, okay. also which is ages 6 weeks to 2 years old. And then what we do after the child turns two years old is we transition them down here into the Christian Education Department into what we call our two-year-old classroom. And our two-year-old classroom consists of those children that are now two. Um, They're not quite ready to transition with the older children, and they have just been potty trained. So that is a prerequisite, is that they be potty trained, and then they come out of the nursery into what we call first phase of the Christian education experience. What is it exactly that you do? What I do is I oversee the curriculum, make sure that it's age appropriate, and um, it is well balanced for our children to meet their needs, both both physically, spiritually, and emotionally. As you know, we have all types of relationship, if I can put it that way, with our kids today. We have children that are ADHD, ADD, so we have to be careful that we include those children when we're thinking about their spiritual growth and development, making sure we have something that meets the need of every child. We want to make them a part of um, their growth and development are their spiritual education. And so we have been given a great opportunity um, to feed the young minds as they're transitioning through life. Um, It's an awesome responsibility, but it's a welcoming responsibility that I don't take lightly. Um, So I oversee that. I oversee the teachers that are going to be involved. I have two uh, prerequisites. And the first one is, is that uh, when someone inquires about becoming a teacher in Christian education, my main uh, prerequisite is you have to have a heart that beats for the Lord. Second, you have a heart that has to beat for children and have a love for children because children are very dynamic. (laughs) Exactly. They have a very dynamic. I've heard that children are bad, uh, but we don't use the term bad. We use the term blessed. They're just active and they're favored of the Lord. And so we have to deal with them accordingly. So I make sure that we have an age-appropriate curriculum that can house that. Make sure we have teachers that I feel that can integrate themselves into the ministry. And also not lord over children. Because one of the worst things, I believe, Frank, is to have an adult towering down over a two-year-old. Right. Being very stern. Well, automatically they're afraid. And so they're not going to open up and they're not going to trust you. And what we want to do back here, what I strive on is a loving, nurturing environment. If I can get sometimes just getting children, this is why VPK is so important, voluntary pre-kindergarten. Okay. Because the um, idea is that if we can get a child out of their environment for four hours a day, we can change that child and help them see something different just to get a different experience. So if I can get a child to experience Jesus Christ for two hours, Mm. 
that can change their lives. And I often say to them, if they're in first grade, I know you don't understand what Miss Barbara is saying now, but just like you had to learn your ABCs, first of all, you learned it through song. Right. Then you learned it through letter recognition. Then we begin to give you four letter words, and then you begin to put them in a sentence by the time you was in the first, second grade. So even though you don't understand what I'm trying to convey to you now, by the time you get in sixth grade, as you're getting ready to transition into our teen ministry, you've heard us go through this consecutively, Wednesday and Sunday. Now you have a different perspective because you learn how to put these sentences into practice. In the last few minutes that we have remaining, Tell us about what you are preparing for, because I know there's a lot of excitement in the air, yes. a lot of energy. So yes. give us some insight about what you, what are you preparing? Well, what we're preparing for is our Vacation Bible School that we um, house every third Monday in July. Okay. Um, this year's dates are Monday, July 15th through Friday, July 19th. And what our Vacation Bible School um, does is it gives our children um, a week of fun, food, and fellowship as they learn more and more about their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, it's an age-appropriate week. We have curriculum that's age-appropriate for each grade level. Again, it houses um, ages 2 to 12 years old. But what we also do is we take... A lot of our teenagers that has come through Vacation Bible School through the years. Mm-hmm. So once they turn 13 or 7th grade, whichever one comes first, now they have the grand opportunity of becoming a leader in Vacation Bible School. So wait a second. What you're saying is they come through the program yes. and then they're encouraged to give back? They give to- back. And they absolutely love it. Um, what they think they get is the idea to feel like they are the adult. <laughs> but what they're doing is they're reaching back. Each one reach one. That mentality. They're reaching back. And they're helping those come through what they've come through with joy and excitement. They really get into it. And um, I get great pleasure in watching the ones that I've taught. And the Lord has allowed me to help shape and bend. The scripture says to bend the sap while it is young and tender into the direction you want it to grow in, just like we do a plant. Um, you would see your mom and dad, if they garden, you would see this stick sitting up in a plant pot with right. some, something tied around it, helping it to grow straight and tall and not right. curve. And so that's what we want with our children. And the Bible also says to train up a child, Proverbs 22 and 6. To train up a child in the way that they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. Are they going to go through some things? Absolutely. But we're going to let them have their Damascus Road experience if necessary. Because what we want is we don't want to repel them. We want them to come into what God is doing. Our um, 2019 VBS theme is called Whoosh. Whoosh. Yes, and whoosh is take flight to where God leads you. Our children get the opportunity, as Abraham did, he had to move out into a place that he didn't even know where he was going, but he had to uh, take the word of God, receive it, and apply it according to Hebrews 11, chapter 8. My final couple of questions are, how much does it cost? It's absolutely free. Can you believe that? Wait a second. So... You bring the kids, you drop the kids off, and you pick them up by what time? 12? 
school After journey? Vacation Bible School starts at 9 o'clock a.m. You can drop them off as early as 8.30 because parents have to be the, to work. Uh-huh. Uh, and if a child hasn't eaten, we will provide some type of breakfast nutrition. Uh, we provide a hot lunch. I'm not talking about just a school box lunch. This is prepared meals. Wait a second. So, 8.30 drop off. Mm-hmm. And they get a little bit of breakfast, mm-hmm. something nutritional, and then they get a hot lunch. A hot lunch. And it's free. And it's free. The only thing we require is that you purchase a t-shirt. Um, and okay. the t-shirts usually go on sale between June and July. Just uh, listen for the announcements. Uh, you can also register for Vacation Bible School online at our, well, at our website www.truthreveal.org You can also come by the Christian Education Department. You can see any leader in the Christian Education Department and they will direct you to get an application and and fill it out and we will contact you and uh, encourage you. I promise you if you bring them one time, you're going to bring them through the duration of their young life. They're going to, and then you're going to see them mature and become an avid volunteer. Thank you, Miss Barbette, for the time. You're welcome, Frank. Once again, the Vacation Bible School called Whoosh is from July 15th through the 19th on the campus of Truth Revealed International Ministries at 2838 Palm Bay Road. Miss Barbette, thank you for being on Behind the Scenes. You are so welcome, Frank. And by the way, I do want to thank my bishop, Bishop Merton Hart. Uh, for seeing God in me and uh, trusting me with the children uh, that God has given into his hands so he can do the work that God has called him to do. Amen. If something was said during today's teaching that blessed you, or if you would like to find out more information about Truth Revealed International Ministries, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at The Word of Truth Revealed, P.O. Box 60128, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, or you can email us at thewordoftruth at truthrevealed.org. You can also visit us on the web at www.truthrevealed.org. If you're on Facebook, visit the Truth Revealed International Ministries fan page and click like. From time to time, you'll receive inspirational words of wisdom along with information about what's happening at Truth Revealed. Now, if you would like to purchase today's message for your personal library, when you write to us or email us, use reference number 1782. That's reference number 1782. Just include a $5 donation for CDs and a $12 donation for DVDs. And now, Final thoughts from Bishop Clark. I want to invite you to Truth Reveal International Ministries, uh, a place where we are in the business of saving souls. We strengthen families, we shape leadership, and we serve this generation. In coming to the church, I believe you're going to get a good, good worship experience. Your life will be transformed in the presence of God, but you're also going to get a word from God, a word that's going to impact your life for an eternal purpose. I want to encourage you to come out and visit with us. We don't meet strangers. We just love on the people of God. A smile and a handshake, pressing palms, and kissing our sons is what we do. We love you, and I'd like to see you soon. Until next time, I'll see you at Truth Revealed.